John McGinley. I'm your host for today, and uh, I'd like to welcome and introduce you to a very special guest in a moment. But uh, regular listeners might notice something a little bit different uh, to the show today. Uh, that's because this show is all about having a focus on the people and businesses and stories of Shrewsbury. And I thought what would be quite nice for this episode to focus the story and the person on the usual host of this show. It's Mr. Alex Whiteley. Hello. That's so surreal, being introduced to my own show. <laughs> Hi, this, is, this, is, this, this is the ultimate uh, bit of fame. Hello, my name's Ant. Uh, I'm a podcaster, and over the years, I've done a lot of work with Alex, but we've never actually met in person. We've done a lot of stuff virtually like this, and we were supposed to get together, and then something happened, which meant we couldn't really travel, but we're hoping mm. to get back together. And I uh, live in a slightly different part of the world. I live in Hebden Bridge in West Yorkshire, and I'm looking at setting up something very similar to what Alex has done with the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. See what I did there? I've said it three different yeah. ways already. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought what would be really good for me is to find out a little bit of information about that, but also in terms of an episode of The Biscuit, to have Alex as the guest, because you all know Alex. He's the one that asks the questions that goes around. You recognize his face. He's <laughs> doing all sorts of things. He's, you know, baptizing babies. He's opening supermarkets. He's hosting dinners. You know, he's the best man at the last minute. For Winning wedding. away from the screaming fans. Yes. Like. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's always asking the questions. So what I thought would be nice is to switch it around and ask him the questions about the origins of, of the biscuit i'm not sure if this is going to be a particularly momentous number of of an episode is it? it's not going to be like number 100 no no we just release it as as Aunt McGinley. yeah uh, this is how it rolls so uh, alex thank you very much for coming on to be a guest on the biscuit lovely to have you here thank you very much this is the funny thing right because when i went on jim's show jim salverson who i've mentioned on the show a few times again we've worked together never met um i went on his show and i met i i i'd say i'm slightly above average host of a show i mean the biscuit's been going for nearly four years over nearly 400 episodes not bad but as a a guest i'm kind of like uh (laughs) so this would be interesting really well it, it's. Uh, I'm not trying to push you out of your comfort zone. I'm going to make this nice and easy, nice and gentle. And uh, as I'm sure you say to all your guests, if there's anything you do say that you think might get you in trouble, we can always edit it out, except <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, so, Alex, just talk to me about like, where the idea came from, because when we first sort of popped up into each other's radar, this wasn't even a thing. This, I don't think this was even an idea that you were having. No, when we first met, I was very much in Thor skin mode, um, which I don't have to put emphasis on anymore because people that listen to Biscuit will know what that is. <clears throat> um, yeah, I was I was very much working uh, with um, was I with Tom Bruno at the time? I don't. It might even have been before Tom Bruno even joined in America. No, it was a very geek, geeky podcast. Um, so it, I, I I started making podcasts very much influenced on on Kevin Smith and the kind of sweary, larky kind of kind of pub behavior kind of humor which i love by the way i still love doing but i thought i wanted to do something that's a bit more meaningful a bit more sophisticated and i was like well what can i do it on and then i moved to to shrewsbury and uh, i fell in love hard with the town and i'd never really lived anywhere that i actually adored and felt proud to live in a town um so i was like i can't i can't make a 
podcast about this town. I know nothing about it, you know. <laughs> and then I realized that was that was the the, the kind of the, the the click, the draw is that I could learn about the town while the listeners can. Um, so yeah, the, the, but the name Shrewsbury Biscuit comes from the Shrewsbury Biscuit itself. Um, if uh, if you're listening from outside Shrewsbury, um, uh, you maybe you know, maybe you don't. But Shrewsbury does have a, a, a biscuit named after it. it. Started off as the Shrewsbury Cake, and there's actually a building up on top of Castle Street in Shrewsbury with a, a plaque on the outside that says, "This is the this is the the founding place of the Shrewsbury Cake," which went on to be the Shrewsbury Biscuit. And one day, I'm going to own that building. <laughs> I keep saying wow. so. Yeah, and, and is that, is that going to be like your own place, or will that be the studio where all the biscuit, oh, where that, the biscuit that, that, grows from? Talking about my backside, I'll probably never have enough money to afford that building. But one day, I'd love to own it. But yeah, that would be my studio, studio downstairs, and I'd live upstairs and be the biscuit guy or through and through, you know. So there's a couple of things that I, I want to ask you about, and and maybe these will all merge into one. But um, first of all, I'm very interested in the fact that you've come in as an outsider. Mm-hmm. into the in, in, into where you are now and yeah. that's very similar to my position right now and so i'm curious as to how how you've been obviously you said you fell in love with the place mm-hmm. uh, w- was it the way that people accepted you and welcomed you in, in into into shrewsbury that that allowed you to be that way very much so i feel like the people here that they're, they're so proud of their town they're genuinely, and there's a, there are a lot of people over my years of doing this. I've spoken to so many people that moved here 20 years ago or something, and just, just don't want to leave because it's that it's just a it's just a beautiful town. It's great to look at. The locals are really, really just great. They're so proud of about their town. They're great to speak to, welcoming, um, and um, yeah. As as an outsider, I feel like it was easy to to learn about this town because people are just so willing to talk about it. So. Yeah. What you what you've really done with this podcast, and I'm reading between the lines because it's kind of the idea that I had, mm. is you've turned the whole process, which can be a little bit awkward for some people, of getting to know the area and getting to know people. You're basically turning that into a a circular thing where so like uh, instead by, of reading by, the A to Z, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but also, also the thing is that it, it can be so easy these days, especially on the back of lockdown to just stay in every day and get takeaways and get shopping deliveries and those kind of things uh, and, and work from home remotely, which a lot of people are in that situation, mm. but you're, you're going out, you're meeting people, you go in uh, to, to where they work or where they live or meeting them in a coffee shop in the town as well. And so through doing that, you're also getting to know the place and feel comfortable in it. And obviously this is over four years, but I just wonder if you could take us back to those first couple of episodes, those first few interviews, like how did you, how did you feel? Did you, were you very nervous the first time you went up to, so who was the very first person that you went up to and did they ever agree to do an interview? I suppose that's the best way to start. That no, question. what I did was I tied them up and <laughs> I was like, you will speak to me. No, actually um, is, this is a weird thing to, to sort of admit, I guess. I don't, I, go, I don't think I've ever spoken about it, but I, I always thought, I always dreamed of doing radio or doing something like this, but I was always scared I'd be too nervous on the microphone. Or, right, before I did this, I hated the sound of my own voice. And I always thought I would get on the microphone and just be like, really terrible, I have a terrible voice, right? But when we first fired up Thorskin, me and James Rose, Jimmy, uh, my old co-host, I got on the microphone and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> that's not too bad at all so um i was confident in the in the fact that i could speak in the microphone so first of all that's a really important thing you know because this is something you need to work on as well you know you you can't just you don't just 
step up to a microphone is something you can. I guess there are people that are just naturally gifted at that, but there are things you need to learn yourself away from, like the ums and the ahs. And we've, we've spoken about this before. And, um, but um, as, as far as speaking to people, um, I, away from the microphone, I am. I, I do have social anxiety. Like I, I'm very awkward at going and speak to people. If someone recognizes me, which it does happen from time to time, they're like, "Oh, no, I know. I listen to your show." I'll be like, oh, "Thanks, thanks, thanks for that. Really, I really do appreciate." It. I get really weird unless I'm behind a microphone. And I learned this with um, with Thorskin. I had Charlie Adlard, um, co-creator of The Walking Dead. He's a sloping, lives in Shrewsbury. Wow. Yeah, he came around my house, and I was very nervous. Uh, had Tom Bruno on on, <laughs> on the computer in in Vermont. Uh, Charlie came into my house, and I was kind of really nervous about it. But then once we started chatting, I realized it's just the normal guy. It doesn't matter that he's like the super famous Charlie Adlard, blah 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 blah. Just a normal person. Um, but I also my underlying reason for doing anything with audio is to help people and to help a community that drives me. It really does drive me and gives me encouragement. So there was always that drive to do it. So it made it easier to go out and ask people to come on the show. Right. So I, I printed off some business cards. I went around town. I literally canvassed the whole of Shrewsbury for like two days. If you, if you know who the Shrewsbury Biscuit is and you know who I am, you'll probably remember that day because I was a sweaty, greasy guy walking around in the middle of the summer going, you want to be on my podcast and I give you a business card, right? Uh, and it's really hard to sell that in a second and not look like a businessman. Um, I got like six people interested um, in, in coming on and I sat and I planned it and I, I arranged dates for, to, to interview people. Um, and the first person I spoke to um, was Mike... Mike from um, Stop Cafe, um, who which is a a, a, ca- a cafe in town. They got they had three at the time, but it's a nice brand and people is always busy. And, and so I, I went and spoke to him, and I, it was just about learning about his business. How 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 did this business become a business? What did he do? How did he go to making it? And it was surprisingly really really easy to do. You know, because you talk about someone that, that's created a business with their bare hands, they want to talk about it. They're passionate about mm-hmm. it. So that kind of eased. In fact, thank you for that, Mike, um, because you kind of eased me into it, I guess. Um, so he's the first person I interviewed. Um, but the first episode I released was with um, author Simon Bell. The reason why I released it at first is because I think it was time sensitive. I think it was something that was due out and I was kind of like, I need to get this out first. And that was, um, he's a, it's an author on, um, on, on, um, Auschwitz and genocide. Wow. Um, and I was like, this is, yeah. So, so talking about the Holocaust on my first episode, I thought was going to just kill me like straight off. I thought, Oh my God, you can't, you can't talk about, you can't go in that deep, but actually people really enjoyed that episode. And I got lots of really good, good remarks about that. Cause Simon, so it's all about Simon, really. He's so brilliant at talking. So yeah, that, that, that my first couple of episodes. I find it really interesting what you said about how um, the, the social anxiety and that that's not something that I I tend to suffer from. I'm I'm, I'm very much a person who can engage and go into a room. So I so for the first thing is that I don't fully understand this, and, and but I'm very interested in that switch that you found where having the microphone uh, relieved you of that because what I found is actually the other way around is when you go to oh, interview really? somebody, the microphone can really put them off. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll have a little uh, Lavalier clip on mic 
that I'll put because then they forget that it's there and then they talk yeah. more normally. Whereas once you put a microphone in front of people, there's one of two things can happen. First of all, they they think that they have to be really close, so they lean right into it like this so everyone <laughs> can be heard. Um, and Or you get the other thing, which is uh, where, where, where they're really sort of frightened of it. And, and so you need to be the microphone to be within a certain distance to get a nice, clear sound without picking up the other background sounds or whatever. That's so what happened with yeah. many. So carry on, carry on. Uh, what happens is the closer you move the microphone to them, they kind of recoil in horror. Back. And so you find yourself until you hit a corner or somewhere dangerous. Um, and, and yeah, so, so, so that's a little tip for you is I literally have, um, I've got an old iPhone and a little Lavalier mic that plugs into that. And I just have a little piece of recording software on that. I hit record on that, pop it in the pocket or pop it on the desk and clip the microphone on there. And then that way, even if they move away, I'm going to get a clear recording of the audio. Um, Mm. but yeah, but there, there is something really psychological about being people being, frightened of the microphone mm. or not understand how the microphone works so i find it really interesting that you find the microphone liberating i don't know what it is i really can't put my finger on it um but it, it i think it's because i'm proud of that uh, i'm proud that i'm good at something <laughs> that makes sense it kind of spurs me on a bit um yeah it's, it is interesting and with the microphones i've had for years i mean obviously i've got people come and use my equipment and stuff um and I'll set a microphone up in front of them. As you know, there's, there's either the the arms or there's the, the stands, and it doesn't matter if you wh- what you're using. You'd be like, right, no, get that microphone right up, because this sounds really good because it's on Streamyard. But when you when you're recording locally, you need to be quite close up and what have you. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, get right up in that grill. So I will say, smell it. Right, smell the microphone. Don't <laughs> <laughs> worry, it's clean. It's fine. Yeah, uh, but, I always think of those classic images of the uh, the children being interviewed and they think it's an ice cream and try and chew oh. the, uh, the the muff. Mm, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The, 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 it's funny how the things that you learn. One of the one of the things that I I think is really important with with what I do psychologically is improvising right so this is one of the things i used to do with with thorskin is if if someone would come in as a new host or we had someone that would sort of join the team or whatever i would run him through something that's called the gauntlet and we still do it today and the gauntlet is an improv exercise um so okay. it starts off do, with, do, you, do you want to actually try it with me now and just do it and then we can yeah we can i can do it works for um, yeah uh, okay so I'll, i can't do all three rounds I might actually have a speed round here somewhere. Let me have a look. But um, I want you to talk. I'll find an object, and I want you to talk about it for a minute, nonstop. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. So that's this is this is usually the three three rounds was the inanimate object, the speed round, and the what the f is that round, and that okay. was um, where you'd have to describe ten pictures to someone when they can't see it and you can't tell them what it is. The speed round is fifty questions in um, a minute. You can't wow. answer as many. No, you yeah. can't. That's the whole point. You got to go as quick as you can to answer yeah, yeah. as many. And then the inanimate object round. So here is your object that I want you to talk about for a, a minute. And I'll, I'll let me get. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, am I allowed to say exactly what it is and just talk about it? I'm, you can I'm, talk about. Yeah, you can. You can talk okay. about it. You can make stories about it. And your time starts now. So especially for people that are just listening to this rather than actually watching the stream, uh, what I'm talking about here is named after something which 
uh, was fairly innocent two or three years ago, but after what we've all just been through and is still ongoing, the word corona takes on different meanings. However, the one we're looking at here is the bottle top from a bottle of Corona Lager, which is uh, very popular, especially on a nice summer's day, the weather of which we've both just had. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but we're on the back of a couple of days of really good weather. And there's nothing quite like having a nice cold Corona, especially with the lime. Now, the really interesting thing is having drank Corona on a beach in Mexico, I learned there that's where the lime came from. And uh, you'll, you'll find if you've ever worked in the bar, there's this mixed thing as does the lime go into the bottle or does it sit on the top? Actually, what they do in uh, in Mexico is just because the so limes are so readily available. They cut a piece of lime and they put it in the neck of the bottle, not to flavour it. It's just to stop the flies getting into the bottle. There we go. Way, and you, you, that was that was effortless for you, and that's because you've been talking for years. Mm. You know, I feel but like I, the more I, again, this is an interesting thing for me because you don't have that background. You don't do this in your day job. You. So, so I, I want to kind of take it back, and, and you talked about pre biscuit doing Thorskin, but pre that, pre any kind of podcast, I, I want to see what, what was the tipping point of where you went. I want to go and do this, or this is an idea, and uh, I, without necessarily doing the sort of like, you know, where you found the equipment, those kinds of things, because that's kind of fairly straightforward and boring. But just what, um, what was the inspiration for you, and how did you? put it into action because people have great ideas all the time mm. but don't take it forward well i came into i came into listen to podcasts quite late on um in 2015 i started a new job where i was working by myself in an office during the night and it it really knocked me psychologically i was like oh my god like because silence is really bad for, for long like it's proper isolating really isolating and i was like this is this is not going to last i'm not going to be here longer than six months because i'm 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 not going to be able to cope and somebody's like well for on a podcast and i was like mm, who's, who's podcast? you know like everybody does and my friend was like well, well have you heard of kevin smith i was like yeah i love dogma who doesn't love jay and silent bob and they were like well kevin smith is actually one of the pioneers for podcasting he's got these and he, he gave me education and fat man on batman or fat man beyond his corner uh and um uh the hollywood babylon so he gave me a load of podcasts to listen to so i just chucked them on in the background and they just changed my life literally just to have something in the background i wasn't by myself i was laughing and even if i was getting on with some work just it just you just absorb it in a weird way um so they they, they really genuinely helped me and i wanted to do that i wanted to help people and, and you know, I'm, as I'm getting in, getting into the podcast and I'm learning about the communities and stuff, I realize that there are people that attach themselves to podcasts because they, they don't have a huge circle of friends. You know, they don't have a social life. So Thorskin came about because I really wanted to, I really wanted to help people. Uh, and I always thought you needed lots and lots of money, lots of equipment and a studio and all that stuff because of Kev Smith is Kev Smith. And then I came across this little podcast called Two Broke Geeks. Still friends with these guys today. Um, and I was like, wow, I want to do what you guys do. So they helped me out. They told me what equipment to get. I started my own podcast uh, with Thorskin. And uh, we we managed to bring in like listeners from all around the world. The community got together and we were getting people messaging us and saying thank you because we'd helped them through their day and made things a lot easier for them. And that for me was just, it's no brainer. This is what I wanted to do. Wow. That's that's really an amazing story. And, and I love how it came from a place of you really struggling. And then you, you found that within the the podcast, mm. and I think this is something that, that comes up a, a lot again, in, in a sense, it's 
for a lot of people, it's replaced local radio. Local radio doesn't have the same investment that it used to have even 10 or 15 years ago. And uh, and even then, it, it, it cut down quite a lot. And I, I think also the, the, the thing that you hear time and time again about podcasts is its ability to niche and find an audience. Mm-hmm. And so we're, if you're on the BBC or ITV or Sky, you are beholden to, uh, for, for sake of a better phrase, bums on seats. You know, yeah. you need to get a lot of ears or eyes on what you're producing to make it worthwhile. And we see that again, if you want to make money from your YouTube channel or your Instagram, you need lots of followers, you need lots of viewers, you need lots of clicks, lots of likes, lots of followers, lots of subscriptions, those kinds of things. But then the the power of the podcast means you can be so diverse in what you do. You can really focus. This is what a lot of people have talked about for a long time. However, the other thing about it is it's the opposite of local because as you, as you just said with your Thorskin podcast is you were doing it from wherever you were at the time and mm-hmm. you're getting listeners all over the world. You're reaching out and it's reaching those people. And yet what you're doing now is the opposite of that. And you've kind of accidentally become one of the go-to voices in what's known as hyper-local podcasting because you have this technology where this show that we're doing now can be listened to all over the world at any point. China's just started opening up and adding more things to, to that people are allowed to listen to, so we might find ourselves on there if we put some uh, Chinese uh, trans- transcriptions on the video and on the show notes. But it's purely aimed at people in and around Shrewsbury. It is, and I'm just gonna. What I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna quickly just log into our pub, my my uh, my uh, my my host um, Podbean, which I will be changing very soon. Yes, because you, one of the things that you have, those of you that that maybe don't don't make podcasts yourself, or I'm guessing there'll be some of you that do, and some of the, you that don't, probably more of the latter. Uh, what you can actually see is not just how many people have listened to your show on a daily basis or over a week's months, those kinds of things you can also get an idea where they are listening from. Now, sometimes this is a bit skewed because some people will be using a VPN, which sort of masks their location, their IP address. But for the majority of people, you get a really good feel for where your audience is based. So you would assume that Alex is about to say to us now, all his listeners are coming from the UK. And depending on how uh, how good his access is and how much he's paying for his uh, data, he might even be able to tell you which part of the UK but I have a feeling that he's going to tell us that there's listeners in other places. Yeah. So we've got, um, obviously the huge 83% of my listeners come from the the UK, 5% from the U S 3% from, um, Australia. Then we've got India, Germany, the Philippines, Montenegro, Netherlands, wow. Japan, France, United Arab Emirates, Ireland, Russia. We had like for a while, there was a, a huge amount of like, listen listeners like regularly from from russia and i was like okay <clears throat> but this was a joke that we kept saying on the biscuit for a while me and shame were like we've got listeners in russia hi russia how's it going um so yeah and it, it goes on and on and on and on and on zambia um indonesia granada cyprus <laughs> so I, I i i'm gonna issue you a challenge right now alex actually and if so anybody who's listening from outside of the uk who's listening to the show get in touch with alex let him know where you are let him know that it's not just somebody down the road using uh, something that disguises where their IP address is. If you are listening in Zambia, if you're in Australia, if you're in Russia, just reach out, dropping a message. Uh, I'm sure it's in the show notes. He'll do it at the end of the show, whatever way he usually does that. 
Uh, but that's a really nice way, again, for you to build up the community. And I just want to, as an example, uh, there's a show just down the road from me here, uh, a, a lady called Caroline Verdon, who I work on a radio show station with as well. And she has a show called At Least You Didn't, which is her and a friend basically telling all these embarrassing stories, things that happen to them throughout their lives. <laughs> and um, they often have a guest on as well, just to, so they can join in and, and, and share those stories. Uh, and I, I was, uh, I happened to be on one episode, but I'm not going to draw attention to it because it's an embarrassing story. Um, <laughs> so she was looking through her figures the way that you've just done now. And she noticed that she had a listener from almost every continent. And the, the one that she didn't have was Alaska. And so I, uh, we had this conversation. I said, you've got to, you've got to get a listener in Alaska. You've got to do that. So you get that, not just to have that little ping, but get them together. Anyway, she went on holiday down to Southampton and uh, she took a little ferry and um, just for conversations, just speaking to the captain of the boat. And she just mentioned this, what was going on. And the captain went, oh, well, the guy that owns the boat is actually in Alaska right now. <laughs> uh, he doesn't live there, but he's in Alaska. So uh, he messaged, put them in touch, and he listened to the show when she was in Alaska. So now she can legitimately say that her show has been listened to on every continent in the world. That's insane. That's brilliant. I love that. And um, like it just offers like when you're doing hyper local stuff, it offers an extra use for the show because obviously this is all about community and telling people about what's going on in Shrewsbury, Shropshire. Uh, you know, where where can you go this weekend to enjoy something or who's got this book out or what's this store doing? But there's also people that have moved away from Shrewsbury that want to know what's yes. going on back home. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think the thing is that the first thought comes from almost um, <clears throat> like an advertising point of view. Whereas if you're saying there's going to be this festival on this weekend and this band's going to be here and the speaker's going to be here and, and this author's going to be there, um, that's not really helpful to somebody who's in Alaska, unless, of course, you're going to do interviews with them and they'll feature on for future episodes, which is, which is great. They can keep in touch that way. But that thing you said exactly. And actually, all those countries that you read out, it could be entirely conceivable that they're all people that grew up in Shrewsbury and have moved away or are mm. working in, in Zambia at the moment, or I've been to, you know, met somebody and emigrated to Russia, you know, all these different reasons. And they listen back. And um, I, I have a friend, Abby and uh, Albert, and I think you were on a panel with them actually for a, a conference to put you in touch. And they run a podcast in Berlin. Uh, yeah. Yes. 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 Radio Ab yeah. Ab Ab Abby's American. Uh, she met her husband, Albert, in Berlin. He's from Munich. And she was trying to improve her German. He wanted to improve his English. And so they make this podcast every single day, Monday to Friday. And it's local news from Berlin. So not the kind of news that would make it onto the equivalent of the BBC or, 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 or Sky, uh, but just the little local stories you get in the local paper. And so she translates them. Uh, they write a script together. He checks her transcription. And first thing in the morning, she records the script while he's in the shower. And then while she's in the shower, he edits it and uploads it. And they do that every single day. And a lot of their audience are, as you said, people that lived in Berlin that moved away, but also people that have come to Berlin that speak English that are still trying to get a feel for what's going on. So it's really changed the way that people start to think about who they're reaching and what they're reaching. And 
there's also, I think, what you start to find when, when you do this is you're, you're, you're becoming a time capsule. And um, one, of the, one of the podcasts I, I, I'm involved with uh, started out, it's a, it's a martial arts podcast. And one of the motivations for that was uh, an instructor of mine um, got very ill and at the same time, somebody I trained with um, passed away very young. And I got very thoughtful about this. And I suddenly realized that a lot of what they knew and what they'd been through and their experiences was being lost simply because they were no longer with us. And um, so I was kind of inspired to start going out and interviewing people. And we were lucky enough to interview um, a guy called Richard Bustillo, who was actually uh, one of Bruce Lee's training partners. Wow. And uh, so it was like eighth episode or something. And I was just producing the show. I wasn't doing the interview. And um, he, 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 about a year, year later, um, he was out in the Philippines, had a very sort of short illness and passed away. And um, so when we heard the news, we reached out to friends and family and we said, look, uh, would you mind if we re-release the episode just as a tribute to him? They, they gave their blessing. And so I listened to it again. And what I hadn't realized the first time around when we did the interview, I was just excited that we had this guy that, you know, had this connection, this history and this kind of legacy. But what we found was what, what we really got from that episode, listening back to it, it wasn't the, the stories about Bruce Lee. It was him. It was his personality. There was a lot of talk about jazz music and about motorbikes. And actually probably 10% of the episode was about, um, martial arts and 5% about Bruce Lee and the rest was about him as a person. And I, I suddenly realized that as well as doing that informative thing that you're doing now, you're also producing like a, a, a vocal history. Is that the right word? Uh, you have to forgive me. I'm just getting over uh, COVID. So I still have a bit of the brain fog, um, but it's, that's, it's that's not- there. It's offering commentary to, to everything that's gone on over over the time that I've been re- recording, and, and and you know what, you know there there is there are people that I've come on the show that I've that I've, I've passed away, um, unfortunately. Um, like a big shout out to Tim King who who run the Cartoon Festival for so many years. Uh, we did an interview about um, a Beatles festival um, that the the mayor at the time, Phil Gillen, was putting on. Um, so you know and. and it was it's 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 nice that you you have their voices mm. saved for eternity like it's the internet they're never going away anywhere so it's that that's really nice as well what i like to do with the biscuit is something that we we, we now have the the uh, the ability to do because we have a bit of a we have a good reputation in the town i'd like to think i like to think and that's to to get the the current mayor on, on the show and, and and interview the mayor every year um, so we can find out a bit about them, you know, because we all think of the mayor as the mayor, you know, <laughs> whereas actually the last two mayors we've had have been pretty freaking cool. They're really nice people, you know. Um, so that's what we like to do. And then what people can do is go go back and, and listen to the mayor, you know. It just adds that adds a bit of commentary to that picture you you may see in in a book one day. Yeah, you know? and it's it's funny you say that, and and I think I don't think I've ever spoken to a mayor or heard a mayor speak. I've seen lots of pictures of mayors. I've seen them with their chains. I've seen them at various events, but I couldn't tell you anything about them. I'm not even sure I could remember their name. But what you have in this this environment of the podcast is you have it's open ended. 
you know, so if they want to come on and they've got a great story, you know, you can extend the episode and you can let that whole story be about that. And it's, it's this opportunity where, especially the way that people listen as well. I think podcasting is still a very intimate medium. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very big on all, all the stats and, you know, I, I go over to America and I've spoken at a few conferences and uh, they, they've just had a big one this, this last week as we're talking now uh, where they brought out the latest statistics and still, you know, podcasting is growing and growing and bigger and bigger, but it's still predominantly a, um, a solitary pursuit, if you will. People listen mm. on their own. It's growing now. About twenty percent of people, twenty five percent of people, will say that they they listen to podcasts with friends, and so that can be while you're driving in a car. Maybe you've got it on in the kitchen while you you know you're both doing housework or whatever. Um, yeah. The great best example is I'm sorry for my language, guys. Was Shag married and and and, and Shag married and annoyed, annoyed. Yeah, with Chris Ramsey and his and his Mrs. Rosie. Um, that is um, Chris Ramsey is obviously a, a famous. Um, comedian and they started a podcast together and um, you know you get couples that will sit and listen to that together that's pretty cool right yeah yeah it, 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 it's this thing and actually i've been to um the bbc uh did this true crime podcast a, a couple of years uh, ago called ice valley death in ice valley uh which is a collaboration between the bbc world service and nrk which is like norway's bbc and it was about um this woman's body who'd been found in i think it was the 60s or the 70s in a frozen valley with no id and when they worked out where she'd come from where she'd been staying there was all these different ha- passports and things with her face on but different names and different nationalities um and so it, it's a fascinating story you can still get it go and check it out look out for that Did they do a documentary about that i'm pretty sure i, I think there's probably been a documentary that's come off it but the, the, it was it was a initially it was like a six-part season and, and then they came back with another season as well as a podcast but when this launched i was actually lucky enough to be go down to london for it and they debuted it at the bbc radio theater and so it was very old-fashioned so I, I was in this radio theatre where I, I'm pretty sure that the goons uh, did some of their recordings. And uh, I was in this theatre with 300 other people and there was a screen, uh, but we just saw a waveform on the screen when the podcast was being played. Somebody came on, introduced it, said, this is the podcast, this is what it's about, enjoy. And we played as the first episode. And I sat in silence with 300 other people with the lights down and on the screen, just this little waveform uh, for want of a better way of describing it, a bit like when Kit talks to Michael in Knight Rider, just flashing <laughs> it down. And that was it. And it was it was an amazing experience. It wasn't quite I'm, – I'm not sure I'd necessarily do it again, but uh, th- there's a wonderful uh, – it, it, podcasting has opened up this new way of interacting with audio, I think. And, uh, I mean, that kind of event – uh, it does happen. They have listening parties now. People come together. I mean, possibly this is something that you you might start doing is like a, a podcast listening club in Shrewsbury or somebody will. Um, but I think there's a, on Twitter, if you look for a podcast brunch club, they're, they're all around the world and people get together just like a book club. But instead of reading a book, they listen to a podcast and then get together and discuss it. That's so, a really cool idea. I like, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, really and, cool. um, and it doesn't have to be your own podcast either. It can be others. Uh, so where, where you are now, like you're four years into this uh, and it's gone from being an idea to do this. It's gone from being like the, the other podcast that you made before. 
like what's what's the future for the biscuit is this is this part of your life now is oh, this yeah. a torch <laughs> that you're going to carry for a little while and then pass on to somebody else um is this something that you see growing as an empire? You know, like you say, you want to take over the original biscuit building and it'll become like, <laughs> it'll become a newspaper and a TV station. I feel like the biscuit can be anything it wants to be. And it, it, we, we, we have, I've been moving into different avenues gradually, you know, over time I've been making more and more vlogs, more visual stuff, um, which is, which is another thing to move into because that's, it is visual. It's a completely different thing. Um, I, I, so my original plan for this was I had a really good business model. Um, and that was to, <laughs> and the people in Shrewsbury will roll their eyes at this, but, but it's to open up a coffee shop called the Shrewsbury Biscuit. Um, <laughs> and then have uh, two studios upstairs. One I can hire out that people can use. And you have one, which is the official studio. So the, the podcast could advertise for the business and the business would pay for the podcast. And it's just round and round. I'm not sure how that would work, but that was my original idea. But I, I would love I would love a, a shoes with biscuit radio show. Um, if we if we ever get dab, I think mean, there's uh, there's talk of getting a couple of dab stations over here in Shrewsbury. I'd love to, to, to try and get invest investors for that. But um, that's a long way down the line. I, as far as um, audio is concerned, and speaking to a microphone, I feel like on what five years in, that's not a lot, not an awful lot of experience. I feel like I'm right at the beginning. Um, so the, the shoes with biscuit, I feel like I can go anywhere. I like doing the, the, the audio stuff. I think it's important. It, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it is an intimate thing. It's something you can listen to in the car. You can listen to it while you're gardening, working out, whatever. Um, but if I could get a studio where we can have a camera so we can do a sit down chat every day, mm-hmm. um, it's daily news sort of thing and have the podcast run at the same time and get paid for it. That's what I would want. That is the goal. I want to do this for a living. I want to do it for a living. It's just there's no money for it at the moment. There's nowhere, nobody willing to go, okay, we'll give you £100,000 a year to carry on doing what you're doing, Alex. Crack on, you know? Well, well, possibly not you know, one person willing to give you £100,000 a year, but you might get a few people willing to give you enough that adds up to make it worthwhile. Now, let's, let's talk about this for a minute, if you don't mind, because um, – you're doing all the work. It's a one-man show. It's a one-man operation. And oh, yeah. so, I've, I've had people come in and, and help me over the years. So I can't take all the credit, but yeah. Mainly. But so, so I'm, I'm interested. First of all, as this is something I'm looking at emulating where I live. First of all, getting a, a, a nice idea, or a rough idea at least, of how much time you're putting in in terms of hours. And I'm talking everything from like hitting the streets, going and meeting people, responding mm-hmm. to emails, setting up interviews, doing those interviews, editing them, putting the show out, promoting the show that whole thing. And I, I've got an idea because I do a couple of podcasts myself. So I know what that takes, but um, in, in the city where you live um, and, and all that going on. And also uh, I, I'd like to know about, you mentioned there's a few people have come in. I'd like to know, you know, who those, and it's an opportunity for you to give them a shout out as well. Yeah, the, yeah. the various people that have come in, whether they are people that have supported you through time, through facilities and equipment or through funding, because I, I know there's been some support from the the council with that as well. Um, yeah, so we work very well with with the Shrewsbury Beard, which is um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a business. They, they basically they work with a lot of the businesses inside Shrewsbury. They put the money into a pot, and they use that pot of money to try and better the town. And, and they've commissioned me to different different pieces. Obviously, we're a CIC; it's all there for people to see. Um, so, like you know, they've helped 
they've helped me grow. They're, when I first started, I reached out to Alex Vladimirov, um, who worked at Shrewsbury Bid, and I was like, yo, uh, I've got a podcast. It's going to be great for the town, lots of promotion. Um, <clears throat> can you help me out? Is there anything you can do? To-? And I said, yeah, you can help us out with the, the, the Darwin Festival. So it, it, they helped me out a little bit. I helped them, and I spent a whole week running to an event with a Tascam, the hand, handheld task cam, which you got. Somewhere. I have one over here, actually. <clears throat> uh, and it's not, it's not, to, it's not top tech kit at all. It's literally just a voice recorder. And so I go and I record stuff, and then I go home, take it home with me, and then edit it, release it that day, the same day, and then I go out and do the same thing again. Um, it was really intense work, but I knew what the goal was. Um, what was your question again? Um, oh, yeah, so the, so the, the 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 people that helped you, supported you, sponsored you, and also the amount yeah. of time that you put in. So you're you're kind of answering both at the same time, which is great. It's exactly what, what I'm looking for. Um, so I realized the biscuit was, it was growing very, very quickly, very quickly, uh, so quickly that the demand was getting a bit higher um, because I like to release at least one podcast a week, but I was getting to the point where it's like two or three and more and more, my emails were going more and more. I was going to events and I was just like, I can't, I need help. So I reached out to my good friend, Shane Hinton, um, who's helping me out with uh, with Thorskin at the time, local guy. I was like, dude, we'd be awesome at this. We let's let's do it. Let's let I me. Mean, so we did, uh, and then it, we we were we went to the flower show together, which was really cool. This is the first sort of outing together. The flower show in Shrewsbury is huge. It's one of, it's one of the longest running flower shows in the country. It is the longest one in in the country, and. Um, literally tens of thousands of people go to this thing it's massive you don't uh, strike me as 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 a flower show going guy it's, normally it's it's an in, in, oh when you say the flower show in shrewsbury to an outsider they're like oh what well, flower it's like a coming together of flowers and they they will it's like they do look at the flowery stuff in the garden but they have massive bands they have food stalls they have people with their with selling their wares they have all sorts you can do um and we went to this uh, event together wearing our biscuit t-shirts and on the way, like two people stopped us and they're like, Oh, I'll listen to your show. Pointed to Shane himself. You know, he just, ju- I'll listen to your show. And he's kind of like, he's like really proud. He's like, they recognize me. We were walking through the festival and the wo- a woman grabbed Shane by the arms. Oh, I like the shoes with biscuit. And you know, he was getting like, you could see how big this thing was getting. And then the owner was like, Oh, do you mind uh, doing an interview with scouting for girls? And I was kind of like, okay, all right. I'm sorry. And it was just, it was just a bam. It was this huge thing, um, and then it got bigger again. Obviously, uh, then we brought in um, Julie Fox, who is uh, a, me, Shane, and Jules. Uh, we worked at the uh, the prison together because we did acting at the prison, um, immersive events and stuff. In fact, the first time I met Shane, he was helping me out with his ma- with my makeup as a zombie. Uh, so <laughs> it's really cool. Um, so yeah, we worked together. So I knew I could trust in these three. And and for a while, us three, we kicked some serious butt. We we did interviews. If Shane wasn't available, Jules would be available. If on the other way around, you know, I like a three way <laughs> conversation. It sounds better, right? And then we brought in Didi, uh, Didi Forward. She, she was amazing as well. She would come to events. We went during the the pandemic. Um, there was a show called the Shropshire Virtual Show in Much Wenlock, and. Um, it was in the Cavalier Centre, and it was like so. They had a, a stage for bands, um, and they had people come in the evening during the pandemic. But they had their own box. It was all all the sides of this. It, the Cavaliers are riding school centre thing. Yeah, had all the sides open, so it was technically outside. Everybody had their own box to sit in, so it was social distance. It was technically it was legal. It was 
legal. That sounded like I said it was legal then. Um, and they had a big camera as well, so people could watch it at home, or they can come. They could have booked tickets. And the shoes with biscuit, we were there hosting the whole event for the whole day, so people would tune in. We'd be like, wow. "Hey guys, so that was uh, such and such." Uh, and coming up next, we've got this, and that was our job for the day. And we felt like we felt like we'd done it. We've made it. We, we were like we were the shoes with biscuit, and that was really amazing. Um, but then what happened after the pandemic, I, I think a lot of podcasters felt that pinch is viewership just dropped. I mean, even like the likes of Joe Rogan, the big, everybody went back to work. Yeah. Uh, nobody was out listening to podcasts anymore and everybody felt that sting. Um, and Jules left, uh, Didi had her own thing going on. So she, she moved off from that. Um, Shane got a job where he couldn't commit anymore during, during working nights. So he stepped away and Jules moved to Scotland. So <laughs> we're all, we're all, we're all fine. We're all still friends and stuff, but everybody kind of stepped away. Um, so those are the guys that helped me out. And I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I can't thank you enough. You guys for helping me out. Um, a couple more shout outs go to James Warman and, and, and to Phil Collins. Those two, um, have been amazing as photographers for me. So they're good friends more than anything. And I'll be like, I've got an event. I'm speaking to a famous artist, Matt Sewell, who does paints these amazing birds, uh, on the side of the buildings and stuff. He's awesome. Um, um, do you want to come? And he's like, yeah, okay. So we we we, we collaborate. You know, he wants to get these photos. I need a couple of photos too. So we work together. And the same with Phil. Um, and then the finally is uh, is Amy as well. Amy Tui, who's who's been helping me out as well. She's um, so it's more like friendships where people can dip in and out and help as as, as often as they like. Mm. So sorry, I rambled on forever. Then <laughs> no, 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 that, that's that's great, and and it's really good that these people are getting the credit that they they might not get. Yeah. I, I'm interested in terms of how things are now, because yeah. I know you have a regular job. Mm-hmm. I know you have a family, you know, um, yeah. and I'm guessing that you also need to sleep and eat occasionally. And again, um, okay. so so how does it when you put everything together? Like, how do you find the time to to do everything that you need to do are you just giving up on one of those things has your wife not seen you for weeks <laughs> well luckily with my job where i work um when it gets quiet at night times i can sit and whip up my laptop and get a couple of hours editing done which is fine my boss i know that yeah they know it I'm, I'm, as long as i get my job done they don't care um <laughs> otherwise i wouldn't say it on the podcast for sure um but no yeah i, I can do that and I'm, t- today i've sat like it, it, like it's very solitary. You know, you're an editor. You do stuff. You sit and you ignore people while you're getting on with your work. My wife is used to it now. What I like to do is I find a coffee shop and I take it. I've got a really good flask cup thing that will keep the coffee warm for ages, and I will just sit in the corner and just get on with it. Disappear into my work. Um, and you know, you're talking about how long does it take from conception to to releasing of a podcast? Um. I would say that each biscuit episode is around 40 minutes to an hour, hour long. Um, so it takes, I don't know, emails it probably takes a couple of days, but in, in theory and time wise, say 15 minutes for the email to be written and for times to be uh, agreed upon. And then you have the interview itself takes say an hour. Then you take the audio home with you. You edit. I, I listen back to everything I, uh, I, and that's my advice to anybody that's going to do this listen back to your audio because you never know what might fi- you might find in the middle of your audio so i go back i listen through um and then what most of my time is sitting around waiting for things to render 
because my my process is, and I know there are better ways to do it, is most of my audio comes as a WAV file. I run it through Levelator, which is a great piece of software software to get, unless you really want it to sound like really crisp. Um, Levelator 2 is great. You just chuck your audio on there, and it brings all the lows up and the highs down, and it brings it all together. Um, I then um, re I then listen back to that, export it as an MP3. Um, I add on my intros and my outros and stuff. I then upload it to my host, and that takes another hour. So I'll say about... Th- Two and a half, possibly three hours, depending That's on the episode. Bad. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. And and in terms of the each guest that you go when you go into these places, are, are you having to do research, or do you just not have time for that? That you just literally your research so, is getting there and so, asking them questions. I think it's really rude to go and speak to a guest. Uh, I mean, unless you can help it, unless you can't help it. There have been times I've been at festivals and people just come and sit in front of me and I'll be like, "Oh, okay, I'm Alex. Uh, what's your name?" And we find about each other as we're face to face, but. If you've got time, find, at least find out who the names are, the name of the business, and what they actually do. Um, but as far as, like, when it comes to speaking to I like to find out the information on the show. So, like, if I already know the information, I feel like stupid answer asking it. So I will definitely uh, do a little bit to make sure that I'm not being rude. What's your name again? You know, nobody wants to hear that. But at the same time, uh, you, need to, you need room to learn. Right. So if you're if I'm ge- every time I speak to someone and I'm genuinely like, oh, that's really interesting. It's genuine. Like, I've just learned as, as, as I'm speaking to them. It adds to it. It really does. Yeah. I, I find that, you know, with, I'm just thinking about it now. And I, you know, I don't I don't really know Shrewsbury very well at all. But one of the things I do know is with podcasts and especially a podcast that's built around guests is a lot of people only last seven or eight episodes and then they stop because they run out of guests. They've run out of people. They've they've maybe not got into their stride with it. You're 400 episodes in. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody left that you haven't talked to? And if so, who is that person and call them out now? (laughs) (laughs) It's you. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) And you never, I don't think it matters what town you're in. You never run out of things to talk about. There's, there's always somebody that's become of age where they are now an artist or there's somebody that's releasing a new book or there's a new event. Even if it's a reoccurring event, um, a big shout out to Mark from Court Crush Cancer. He runs this amazing event at the end of the green every year. It's a charity auction where he, he spends a whole year trying to scurry around and get fit, like prizes for this auction. We will then use the auction money to, to, to raise money for Lingen Davis, which goes towards um, it's a cancer charity great guys and he does it every year but every year i'll get him on the show but hey how's it going we haven't spoken what a year you know and it's that them kind of shows are really good because people get used to our, our relationships and stuff um but i would say there are still there are still hundreds if not thousands of people that i've got businesses that i can get into because i can talk about anything like and i and i will talk about somebody's business i'll talk about something they did 50 years ago i'll talk talk about what the, you know if you really go into this with an open mind and, and look in the nooks and crannies uh, of, of your town um the places that you've walked past loads and loads of times go in and say hello you might find an interesting story there now i'm guessing and putting this out there i'm pretty sure that with 400 episodes in there's bound to have been either a major faux pas that you've made something hilarious that happened or horrific uh you know 
like you've just done the best interview of your life and then realized you forgot to press record loads <laughs> ridiculously <laughs> loads loads um i i was on stage at the at the shropshire virtual show in much when lark and we were we were um not just were we in front of the cameras we were on stage as well doing um to, to introducing the bands and stuff and um i got to close the, the festival which was amazing so I was, wow it was great I, I, um First of all, the first thing I did was I had to introduce the Dirty Rocking Scoundrels, which are very, very popular band here in Shropshire. Um, if anybody in Yorkshire or where, wherever you are really wants a great proper rock and roll band, the Dirty Rocking Scoundrels are your guys. Anyway, um, I'd seen them a couple of times. I knew who they were. And I was like, I've got to introduce these bands. I want to do it properly. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking... Um, um, go for the Jules Holland thing. Go for the Jules Holland thing. It's cool as hell. And um, the way they start off their show is they they have their backs to the, the audience. I introduce them, then they spin around and they start playing. And I <laughs> I literally went, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Dirty Rocking Scoundrels. I literally sounded. I did an imitation of Jules Holland. I didn't mean to, but I sounded exactly like him. And then when I got to close the show. I was like, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Shrewsbury virtual show. It's not, it's the Shropshire virtual show. And I did that in front of tens of thousands of people live. I felt like a right <laughs> idiot. Yeah. This, so. is, this, is, this is the kind of thing where you see like Bon Jovi doing a gig in London and goes, good evening, Glasgow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, I'm, if I'm in much wedlock of all places and go, it's the Shrewsbury virtual show, I'm probably going to get battered at the end of an evening. So thank you for nobody hurting me that I, it was, it was quite cool. I do, I do stuff all the time. And I think, you know, to be serious, I feel it's really important to include these things and to own them. Like nobody likes, um, you may, I don't know, maybe you like your, your very strict, very great sounding audio, but you, there's a human element to messing up and learning as you do it. Yeah. There's uh, so one of the podcasts I do at the moment, uh, which Alex has done a few voices for, uh, is called wrestling with a champ. And yes. it's about a, re- a retired wrestler. So if you think, Alan Partridge and The Rock having a baby, um, not not for <laughs> kids, uh, but that that's the show. And um, one of one of the shows we did, there was a line. The guy I work with, he's a very talented comic comedy writer, and I was trying to do the, these lines in character, but I kept laughing as I was doing them. And when we did the edit, he put in one of the lines of me corpsing, and. It's just beautiful. It's actually it's because it's honest, it's genuine, it's real, and you know nobody's listening to our show thinking, "Well, this is a real story about a real person." Mm. You know, they know that there's actors doing it, and and it's that um, what they call almost breaking the fourth wall a little bit, or just like a little inside thing. Like you go, and you're right. It's 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 one of the I have heard it back a couple of times, and it just listening to it, I'm not embarrassed. I'm filled with joy hearing it because mm. it reminds me of how much I was laughing at the time. I say still, I say bad, not bad things. I say stupid things all the time. I'm always messing up my lines, but that's just me. And this is what I want people to understand with the show is that I am just me. I'm not trying to be anybody else. It's really important to be honest. Um, I mean, one of my one of my tips in fact for people who want to do their own show and make their own podcast locally is be honest right don't go making up something because it, it doesn't take long for people to find out that you're a bit of a fraud it, it doesn't take long at all if you're going to do something locally and also make sure you've got good audio 
right? Make sure that I mean I have I have messed up so badly. And you talk about gaffes and stuff like that. Um, there's a, a, a few times where I've got so this is a great example. Uh, the high sheriff. Uh, I spoke to him earlier in the year, and um, it was actually it was late last year. And I did this interview, and I did it on Zoom. And I, I very rarely use Zoom to record anymore because I, I went to record. I've got a very good mixer, great microphone. But for some reason, Zoom went, no, nah, we're not going to use that, mate. They used my laptop microphone, which is at the back of my desk. And I sounded like I was underwater and there was nothing, nothing you can do to that audio. It is gone. It's done. So I had to explain to the high sheriff of Shropshire that we will not be using his podcast. He said, oh. Okay, then. And in fact, I, I went for lunch at Charles Darwin's house on Charles Darwin's birthday in February. And the high sheriff was there. I was like, hi, Tony, how are you? And he was like, um, I, I, and I was recording the speeches with my camera. And he's like, make sure you hit record, mate. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I deserve that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's awkward. Uh, yeah. I, I, and yeah, that, that's one of the things. I, and generally, they always seem to put the uh, the microphones on laptops uh, next to next to the fan, and it seems to be when you consider how good quality the microphones are in in, in your mobile phone and even your iPad or your tablet, the, the the microphones on laptops must be the very last thing that they do. It's like how much budget have we got left? Twelve p. All right, that'll do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, it is a nightmare. But just keep going though. You've got a you've you've got to like keep moving. It's ha- that's happened before. It's happened a couple of times. Um, Laura Butler as well. She came on my show, um, a, a great guest. I haven't been able to get her back on since. She probably thinks I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fraud because again, an interview I did where the, the audio was so bad, I, was like, I cannot release that. <sighs> what, does, I, what, does, so, what does Laura do? Um, you put me. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry, Laura. <laughs> you didn't record it. You can only remember what was recorded. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I, well, I do want to get back on, but this is the thing, right? I'm not a machine. I'm not an encyclopedia, uh, and there is a lot going on in this this head of mine. So, and I'm only human. So these things do mm-hmm. happen. You just got to own up to them, don't you? you know? So one one final thing I'm I'm going to ask you about, and uh, simply from my experience of uh, working in radio and in broadcasting and making podcasts i i recognize that there are times so i i do a lot of um uh football i'm i'm if in fact i accidentally become a a, a a journalist even though i've never done a journalist qualification a broadcast journalist just from the stuff that i've done um but it means that um i've almost lost an element of the enjoyment of football because when i sit down to watch it it's often for work and i'm looking for points so that I can focus on. Sometimes it was in, in previous incarnations, it's been looking for things that we can pick up on and, and talk about and make it into a joke or into a sketch. Nothing Other parts just, sitting there you enjoy with a notebook. Yeah. It? And it's, it's just that kind of thing of like, oh, I, I, you know, because really my, my enjoyment of, of, of a football match is going with my friends. I took my godson to his first game of the day and it's just been able to be in the moment, that experience and cheer and, and, oh, and all those kinds of things. But if you've got a notepad and you've got those, you lose that. So I'm I'm just curious as to like, we started this by talking about how much you love where you are and you're making mm-hmm. this podcast about it. But I imagine that when you go out and about, either you're very much going, oh, I should drop a card in there and go and say hello to them to do an interview. Or people are coming up to you and saying, 
please can I be on your podcast or you should speak to this person because they've got a great story. So I wonder, is it a balancing act? Is it that, you know, and you can be honest here because there's only me and you here right now. And yeah, nobody else. A couple of thousand listeners. Uh, Is it that you're, sometimes you can find it really difficult or is it actually you've found this wonderful combination and it makes the whole experience more enjoyable? Do you know what? It is hard. It really is hard. Um, we've got Joe Whale in, in Shrewsbury, Doodle Boy, um, who has uh, just been signed up by Nike. Um, Joe is a very interesting guy. He's only he's only he's only young, eight nine, um, and he was he was given a lecture in school about about doodling, and what doodling is all he wants to do. Um, and he's actually now become world famous. He's been on Ellen DeGeneres. He's been on TV. He's now been signed by Nike with, you know, Nindy, who does, does the drums with Dave Grohl, did the drum. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nike have collected these really talented, gifted ch- kids, um, and then they, they're now world famous. There's an, literally released yesterday as a Nike advert with them on it. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, there was an exhibition at, at the Soden Collection on, on, um, um, uh, well, cop, but already committed to doing something, so I couldn't go and speak to to Doodle Boy. Um, and I, to this day, I feel so bad that I didn't get to do that because I really want to speak to this kid, and uh, I haven't had the opportunity. Now he's well famous. I haven't got the opportunity to go and speak to him. Um, and you know, these are the things that happen sometimes. That you, you, I make a commitment. I've got to, I've got to stick to it. You know, um, there are so many people that I, I really have always wanted to go and speak to, just haven't had the time. You yeah. know, you you said earlier this is all on me at the moment. It is. I I I, I plan the things. I I I record the podcasts. I take them home. I edit them. I release them. I market them. I run the social media, the website, all of it. You know, it's all by me at the moment. Um, if you want to come and help me out, there's more than enough jobs to be done. I'll definitely give you credit for that. Um, so yeah, there are people I really do want to speak to, but that adds to it though. Yeah, it adds to it. Like there's there's never anything to not talk about. And it, do, do you find you're becoming almost like a uh, a point of reference for um, for the council, for the, the 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 local tour guides, for just this, this kind of thing of like you know they, they all listen to you, so it's kind of like if almost you become the go to guy. So if somebody asks them something they don't know, they come to you because you're possibly you're better connected than the council is than some of these other people are because you've spent the last four years really living and breathing, going out and spending time getting to know people, sitting down with them and having a conversation and really engaging with people. I think it's good karma. It really like, and that's not me trying to be, it, when you sit and you listen to people and you get genuinely involved with the community, not like I'm going to be Instagram famous, pout darling, you know, XOXO. And if you are genuine, and you sit and you get involved in your community and you listen to people and you have, you know, real conversations, it helps you build a, a good reputation. I think that's what's happened. And it honestly, it melts my heart every time I get an email like, and such and such. So I've been, you've been, you know, suggested by such and such. I've got this event coming, here's a press release. And I'm like, wow, it blows my mind. I'm like, wow, I didn't even have to go and get that interview. It came to yeah. me. And I, I'm so grateful to anybody that does that for me. And I know that there are people that champion the biscuit, 
You know, there are so many companies, so many people out there that love what I do. Um, I was chatting to Katie Rink uh, the other day. We were having a few pints in the, in the crowning column. And uh, she was like, you've earned your stripes, Alex. You've earned your stripes. And I was like, oh, bless you. She's like, you need to get a job at the BBC and stuff. And I was kind of like, there's an issue at the moment. I think there's a conflict of interest in what I do and what the BBC is. Um, so, like, but, you know, it's nice to hear those things, you know, that um, at the moment there's a, a good enough reputation here that people come to me now. I imagine uh, you're quite a good person to go out for a drink with because I imagine you've interviewed everyone and and you you, you possibly don't have to buy a drink all night wherever you go. <laughs> or is that the dream? Is that what you're building towards? Well, I'm I, I'm 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 hammered after three points, so I'm on cheap night anyway. Um, so <laughs> I, I I I'm just aware of, of of the time and how and we could probably talk for another hour easily. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, Alex, Ooh. and this is not this is not um, premeditated at all. It's just from the way the interview started, the way it's gone. Mm-hmm. And so I want to bring it back to what you talked about when you started. You talked about doing this podcast because you wanted to help people mm-hmm. and you wanted to, to give that back. So, and I know this is putting you on the spot, so please, please forgive me. But turning that around to you, so the people listening now, to this podcast that I've been listening to the biscuit for a while. Is there anything that they could do to help you? And that might be something as simple as telling a friend about the show. It might be more actually lend us a tenor and I could get my studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, do you know what? This is the one of the things I've been, I think it's happening in, in most towns. Um, at the moment, there, there there seems to be more and more empty shops in the high streets, and you know it, it is happening everywhere. But Shrewsbury is very good at filling up those spots, and I, I do uh, credit uh, Shrewsbury Bid for that as well. They do an off great in the council, and um, they do great things and lots of independent stores there. But I I can't find constantly find myself peering into windows, going Ah, oh, Biscuits Juniors, one day, you know. So if there's anybody that listens that has a business and they have a spare room that they just don't use. They, they, they chuck all their stuff in and we can sit there and we, I, I can, I can come to a coffee shop and be like, Hey, we're the shoes and biscuit from such and such coffee shop. Uh, and I, every time I do a show, I would mention the business business. It kind of help each other. If anybody's listened to this and they have space for a studio, I'll make you world famous. <laughs> that's why that's the dream. I would love my, we did have, um, and this is, do you know what? Actually, I should shout out the parade, um, the parade shopping center in, in Shrewsbury. Uh, they did let me have a studio for, we had a studio for about a year, a year and a half, I think, especially during the pandemic, really. and what we did was I was making use of their empty units and I would give the, the shopping center advertisement. We're at the parade shops. Make sure you come and check it out. It's like a bazaar in the middle of Shrewsbury. It was amazing. And, um, they ran out of empty units. So I was like, Oh, Okay, it was a mutual thing. They were like, "Alex, there's no room for you." So I was like, "Okay." Very good. Was that was that because of the success of the podcast, victim of your own success? I I I I'd like to say so, but I can't. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's it's a great place anyway. It's a beautiful, beautiful. If you're ever in Shrewsbury and you're out of town, make sure you make sure you check out the parade shops. It really is beautiful. But no, I feel like it's a mutual thing. I feel like it's. Yeah. So yeah, if anybody's got a sp- any space for us at the biscuit, that would be the nicest thing that anyone could ever do to me. Do to me, do for me. Also, I'd love if anybody is wants to help out, wants to come and try a bit of hosting on the biscuit, wants to get behind the microphone and help me out, come to some events, get in touch. 
Yeah. I, I, I just had a thought there. Um, and I imagine a lot of the places that you go to have a blue plaque um, around, you know, the English heritage mm-hmm. about what was involved. And I wonder if perhaps um, there's some kind of a blue biscuit that you could give to businesses that are featured on the show. <laughs> Well, my mother-in-law is an amazing baker. She really is awesome. She was, she's been practicing. I only found out the other day she was trying out um, um, recipes for the, the, the shoes with biscuit, actual shoes with biscuit. And I was like, and you didn't tell me? Um, so I was like, we should we should go into business and make shoes with biscuits. And every guest gets a shoes with biscuit with the shoes with biscuit thing. And we could say, well, I, I don't know. Well, there's an idea there. But yeah, that'd be great. A shoes yeah. with biscuit, biscuit. Well, Alex, you can treat yourself to one of those biscuits because you've been a great guest. Thank you very much to Alex (laughs) Whiteley for coming on this episode of the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Uh, My name's Ant McGinley. I am your host for one episode uh, only. Uh, We will return to normal service with the next episode where the guest will be, well, TBC, watch this space as they say. And uh, yes, uh, details I'm sure are in the notes or Alex will give you the information out if you want to get in touch but if you have that space where well, Alex could come and do some recording and you have an idea of one, also, if you'd like to get involved in this or you've got any questions about starting your own podcast, I think we've established well and truly that Alex is the man in the know. Here is our website as well, which is the shoeswithbiscuitpodcast.co.uk. It's powered by our friends at Web Orchard. We need to give them a mention. Um, if you need a great website, if you've got a podcast, if you've got a, an Etsy account, if you've got a business, they will make the perfect website for you. You can also get in touch with us by that as well. Okay, so that's weborchard.com. Remember that. Write it on the back of your hand. Possibly even get it tattooed um, somewhere that you'll be able to see it and not forget. <laughs> Alex, thanks very much for coming on and being a guest. If you want to reach out to me, you'll find me on social media at Ant McGinley. And a little plug for my uh, podcast, which has actually turned into a live show. We've done the Leicester Comedy Festival. We're possibly taking it to the Edinburgh Fringe. It is Wrestling with the Champ. You'll find it, as they say, all the places you would normally find a podcast. And uh, it's me with 80s big hair. looks like that. And uh, occasionally you might spot a voice that sounds a little bit like today's guest. (laughs) Thank you very much for tuning in. And I love you, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, Anytime.